Well, hello and welcome to another victory edition of the edition of the HLS podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. As always, you can join us live. And thank you, Eddie. Speaking of live for the Twitch Prime sub. Um, yes, we are embracing the suck here. Um, to help with the intro, join us live. Subscribe on the podcast. Uh, we are on Discord as well. HerLittleSons.com slash Discord. And we're going to be on HerLittleSons.com as well. And with that, I am going to bring in Shane. Shane, man, you are looking very sharp on this victory edition of the HLS podcast, sir. Yes, yes. I uh, I decided I'm going to just I'm going to bust out my own BK style blazer. Uh, maybe next time I'll have the nice ND lapel pin uh, for, the, for the full feel. But this feels like a, just like a nice, almost like a smoking jacket adjacent way to celebrate. <laughs> the fact that we've uh, you know, taken down fucking USC, those pieces of shit. Yeah. Abs- they were, it was close. Closer abs- than it should have been. It, it was close. Closer than it should have been. We will absolutely uh, get into that. Unlike the last time we did a post-game show, we are actually going to talk about some of the national picture because some legitimate shit happened. We were not the center of the college football universe this time around. Uh, and a lot of games have just ended, including a very crazy one uh, where Louisville takes down Wake Forest 62 to 59. So that is one top 25 team that is down. Um, I do not have the scores here, so I apologize. Uh, I had birthday parties to go to. So for those of you on Twitch, you don't have visual aids. You'll have to use your ears. But let's start with the story, and that is Georgia getting taken out by South Carolina 20-17 to 17 in overtime. And as I was watching this game, Shane, all I could think of was, Fromm, why couldn't you lay an egg like this against us? Yeah, the devil went down to Georgia and pulled his cock out. That's what happened here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nailed it. Got him, yeah, Shane. Uh, Yikes, dude. Uh, yeah, it was Jake from because I mean, it was not like a, a, an overall bad effort. It's not like the defense didn't show up. It's not like the run game was stifled. It was just Jake from Jake from fucking went one. Touch, uh, he threw one touchdown pass with three interceptions. I mean, yeah, one he, not no, one not his fault. It went off the receiver's hands. Uh, one was a pick six. That was absolutely yep. his fault. Yep. Yeah, uh, and that's that's really the the story here is that they just played sloppy, and, and I really am curious. Not that I want to make excuses for Georgia, but just in general, the weirder shit seems to happen in these noon kicks. I'm wondering how many of these upsets happen in relation to the time slot. It, it's one of the curiosity things I have. But like you hit the nail, you hit the nail on the head, and that's what I wanted to mention. Swift was not stuffed mm-hmm. by any means. He had 23 carries for 113 yards. He was well over four yards to carry. He had a touchdown, and instead they had Jake Fromm throwing it 51 times in this game. Yeah. Which made no sense, including like when it got down. I understand when you're trying to force into overtime. Gotcha. Totally understand it. When you get in overtime, though, yeah, what are I mean, you by, doing? He had, he had career highs for yardage and passes and pass attempts like by the third quarter. Like the, you could just tell from jump, I guess the game plan was to try to get him more reps uh, in the passing game, maybe to just to get his flow better i mean at one point the the announcers made a mention and said something to the effect of you can tell jake Fromm refuses to let this team lose just because of him of his performance he's going to try to will himself down the field i'm like um i don't want to be that student but he's the only reason they're losing (laughs) absolutely no uh and it really was it was very strange it's like again kirby smart maybe outsmarting himself maybe not getting his OC in line saying, what the hell are you doing? We, we, we got the running game. Let's go ahead and lean on that. Let's, let's not panic here. And it, there was just definitely panic all up and down the field for Georgia. Yep. Um, it was sloppy. I was convinced that they were, uh, I went chasing the second half spread. Cause I'm like, Oh, this, this will be fine. You know, they're, they're going to hop back because must champs on the other sideline, but uh-huh. must champ in his reading glasses apparently were the key to victory in this one. Um, just crazy, and look, I don't care what this means for Notre Dame personally. I, I really don't. Me neither. Not Be- because, at all. and honestly, the game that we just had against SC is why you have to win the games in front of you. Yep. As our good friend Rakes Amala will say over at the Rakes Report, winning is hard, so you got to win the games in front of you. You just got to do it. Otherwise, you know, uh, things things can get away from you, and all of a sudden you're you're like maybe we'll get a New Year Six if you start dropping some of these games. So look, we had our chance, we blew it against Georgia. I'm not worried about what this means. 
win the damn games in there. Uh, and Irish Elvis in the chat, a local of Georgia, <laughs> has been having a ball all day. Uh, and he just hopped in in the chat that you hate to see it. Yeah, oh, he's he's been having fun uh, <laughs> in Discord today, saying that there's so many sad faces. Holy shit. Uh, but yeah, the other storyline here is uh, Helensky, the, who, who is now starting. Uh, he's technically the second string for South Carolina, got injured in this game. Uh, a real, real bad shot. It ended up being a penalty, low shot on his knee. So basically, South Carolina down to the third string quarterback. Yeah. They still pulled this out. And he looked good. I mean, he looked really good. He Especially looked- with his legs. Yeah. Especially I mean, he was. With his legs. He had 50- Bryce Perkins movement style. Yeah. 50% passing did just enough when he had to. And and look, that's what you got to do. You can't be the reason your team loses the game. Yep. So Fromm was, and I wish he had, had laid an egg like that against ND, but. That's that's how you went. It was like basically what Ian Book did against Georgia is what yeah. Fromm did yeah. today. That's what happened. So it, it was pretty interesting. No, not at all. Uh, but let's see. Let's move on. We're just going to hop around uh, some of the top 25 highlights. Uh, the Red River shootout, my friend. Yeah, Ooh. that was. Uh, I mean, I hate that they refuse to say the word shootout anymore, but that was I mean, that's what it was this year. It was, it, I mean, it, it broke 50 points. Uh, you could tell that no, no particular player like they didn't have like a baker mayfield explosion type from uh, performance from someone like jalen hurts which you might have expected nobody like pulled away things got things were close and interesting and texas's run game kept them in the game ultimately oklahoma just uh, pulled away yeah roshan johnson who i didn't realize was originally a, their third string qb again third string qbs having a role this week yeah man. Uh, but is now basically their top running back eight carries 95 yards including a, a 57 just man beast run and then he still stayed in there to finish out the drive, which was insane. He didn't go take a blow at all. Uh, but really, the the big takeaway here is OU's defense looked pretty damn good. I mean, this game was ten to seven at the uh, ten to three, excuse me, at the half. Uh, so it took a while for Texas to really start actually putting some offense together. Uh, I, I don't know how OU would match up in in like the top four of college football right now. It's still a little bit too early to tell, but. I tell you what, they very much look like a playoff contender on both sides of the ball, and I hope you took the under at the glorious 77 and a half it was. I know, right? <laughs> Which I knew was way too damn like, many in this game. Me? Come on, guys. Yeah, I mean, this this is not the same OU in Texas that you've been used to seeing, and, and it really played out like that. Look, Tom Herman as an underdog, uh, I, I wish I had recorded Eddie's song that he sang so I could replay it right now. Uh, but th- this was a fun game. It was entertaining. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I have to say this because damn, he looks like being front runner again. OU yeah. transfer quarterbacks and Heisman. Lincoln fucking Riley. 325 yards of the air. He does throw an interception, three touchdowns, but also rushes for 131 yards, has a yeah. touchdown. Just, just quite a day. And CD Lamb, dude, that guy is, he's the impact player in the NCAA football games when they unleash that feature. He's like the Reggie Bush. You could just never tackle the dude. Yeah. The no matter what you did, that broke three tackles every time. Yeah, it was. Oh man, it was. It was so great, so great to to watch that game. It was a lot of fun. The, the entire noon slate, man. You know, noon slate. You know, noon slate was when I knew it was like, okay, we should probably all like take a second and be nervous about today because. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it worked out good for me. My kid had a had a baseball game early. Got back in time to see the noon slate kick off. Went to a birthday party in the uh, mid afternoon slate. Which I mean, really, uh, it was it was pretty chalky for the majority of that. Um, yeah. Alabama takes care of Texas A and M. Forty seven. Yeah, I took a to nap during that game. That was great. <laughs> it's exactly it's what I feared. Like the Aggies yep. gave me a little moment of teasing. Like, oh hey, we're gonna score a touchdown first. Just wait, and then Bama marches right down the field, and and they yeah. didn't look back after that. I can't um, remember who said it on Twitter, but somebody very eloquently put it and said like, it gives me so much joy to watch Alabama wreck Elko's defenses and know that Clark Lee gets to coach Hamilton for the next four years. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is very true and very beautiful. Uh, yeah, I mean, A&M just doesn't have, have the horses to keep up in that in this race right now, and that's just the bottom line. You just hate to see it for Jimbo. Just yeah, hate to see hate it. hate to see it. Uh, Clemson takes care of business in a big way, 45-14. to 14. They cover. They cover easily. Um, yeah. Florida State didn't score until the second half. Motherfuckers. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. I warned you, man. Everyone looked you. like they were just unintentionally covering these stupid 20-point spreads. I, I actually picked uh, uh, South Carolina in that game because I just felt like no way 
Georgia is going to actually prove anything like in, in to that extent. But, you know, at Florida State, you know, Clemson came out coming off a bye. Florida State riding out this bullshit confidence. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. I'm derailing us because the chat had it important. Are you winning the pooing it right now? Would you like to see? <laughs> no, not really, because it could get us banned from Twitch if you are I winning the pooing it. I hope you all know that. <laughs> okay, so he's not going full you motherfuckers. If you don't know but, that reference, go watch Deadpool 2. <laughs> but don't ask my neighbors how often that has not been the case. Because <laughs> I leave my windows open. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. So I'm glad I derailed this there. Uh, Wisconsin got back to murderous ways. They blank Michigan State. God, I love Wisconsin. I'm sorry. Can I just say, this is the first Big Ten team that's given me like a full inner man boner. <laughs> like this, this Wisconsin team is awesome. They're fun. I really hope it is them in Ohio State at the end of this thing. I want them to go to the playoff this year because it really does not matter who they play. Like Ohio State, you could you could assume will likely outscore their opponents or keep pace because of just the field. But if, in my opinion, if you get if you get a a defense like this to play up against your Alabamas, your Clemson, shit can get really fucking weird. Yeah, and I mean, twenty one points. This is my favorite part of this game. Twenty one points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You remember when Eddie and I said that this party team's got some quit in them? This is a team that'll quit on you. 21 points in the fourth quarter you is a whole right bucket full of quit. quit. <laughs> Good grief. I don't even know how you pull that off. Uh, Yo, yeah. And the, and Wisconsin, they're mentioning in the chat, Wisconsin's uh, football, uh, twi their Twitter account. Oh, that was so good. Yo, owning they the state owned of the Michigan. whole fucking upper <laughs> peninsula. Like, they just owned it. They were like, Central Michigan, 35 nothing. Michigan, 35-14. Michigan State, 38-80. Uh, 38-0. Send us the deed. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, yeah, and Jonathan Taylor only needs 80 yards, two touchdowns. I really didn't have a huge yard. Uh, Pryor got the big run in this one, 66-yard yeah. TD run. Uh, this is great. We, we got to read off some Michigan State stats here because uh, both Lombardi <laughs> and Lewerke were in this game. Both of them combined got 119 yards. Their quarterback rating, if you add them together, is just over 15. They were both yeah. below 10 in the QBR. They rushed for 30 yards. <laughs> just an I mean, absolute ass whip. This, is, this has got to be the end of the D'Antonio era. It, it just it has, has to be. be. It, has, it has to be. He was asked, I think, after the game if, the, if he's considered changing out the offensive staff, and he said something to the effect that that's just a stupid question. And I said, yeah, it's a stupid question because they need to replace all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. What else we got? Uh, Penn State uh, beats Iowa uh, only by yeah. five, though, uh, in Kinnick at night. So they avoid the, the weird Kinnick at night uh, stuff going on. Uh, I'm going to scroll through because we're going to get to Florida LSU here in a second. Uh, Baylor stays undefeated. Uh, in a, the, the butt bowl went to multiple overtimes. Bowl. Double butt bowl. I, I really thought Baylor was going to have an easy win in this one because no. Tech hasn't shown a whole lot. But, man, that game, I wish I had had more time to watch it. That game was fire. Um, Herm pulls one out against Washington State, so I wonder what uh, Leach's rant will be this time. Uh, let's see what else we have here that's of interest. Uh, Virginia got knocked off by Miami earlier this weekend. Yeah. In an um, ugly ass 17 to 9 game. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, let, let's circle back around because uh, right now we, we do have one more game going on. It's Hawaii and Boise State. Uh, if anything crazy happens in there, we'll, we'll butt Boise in. Boise up in the action? Uh, I mean, 17 to 7 right now. So yep. I'm hoping for the, for the pick them. I have the cover. I, I, I've had enough for tonight. I'm not going to go chasing. In that late game. Um, but let's talk Florida LSU. LSU yeah. ends up in a beautiful cover because I got this at 13 and a half. Nice. 42 to 28 your final. And a game that ended up, I cannot believe this. We had an SEC shootout, Shane. Yo, well, every, okay. LSU, it just is now a shootout team. I mean, I don't know. I know they're in the SEC, but like, I've never seen a, an extreme home makeover that's been more dramatic than this one because and I was fucking, yeah, I was expecting the defense to do more against Florida. Yeah, that's the thing. Florida has Florida all season had only given up 57 points. LSU said, you can go fuck yourself with that because uh, <laughs> we're going over 40. Trask had over 300 yards of passing. And if you had given me a prop bet that we would have had that, that that's like oh Trask will throw for over three hundred yards. I would have put the mortgage against it. It's a no. Yep. There's no way. That's under easy because man Trask is he didn't look very, he looked like a a weird second coming of Tebow with the way he throws the football. But lo and behold, 
apparently LSU's defense does not look as great. And I tell you what, even though that defense may have some trouble, they'll give Alabama a run for the money. That game's going to be fun. Yo, I think LSU is possibly going to beat Bama this year. Like, it's a possibility. Like, I've just, just in terms of the progression, like, I obviously Tua remains a football, you know, deity, but just the transformation of what this team has become over at LSU, it's like, Wherever they play, it could be it could be in Tuscaloosa, it could be in in Death Valley. It doesn't really matter. It's gonna be real tight, and it's gonna be high scoring. And I hope it's gonna be like it's gonna be the anti you know six to three fucking kind of game. Thank God, because I hate you know? those kind of matchups. It, it's yeah. it's different when you're in them. It's like it's the pitching duels are awesome if it's in the playoffs and it's if your team. The the common observer that kind of just drops in the casual viewer is just like, no, I don't want to watch this shit. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking for some, some big things there. It should be a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, really the story in this one is LSU in the second half, just, they stepped up. They made the adjustments. Florida only got seven points the rest of the way. LSU puts up 21, uh, including damn near a pick six, but they had a roughing the passer penalty that wiped that off the board. Mm-hmm. So they have their own remember the six moment. Uh, yep. but it was a, a beautiful sweat to see that cover down to a goal line stand. <laughs> We're yeah, really fun. I, mean, I, I, I wish we weren't playing in the middle of it because I would have loved to have focused on this game. Yeah, to have appreciated it more. But man, it was a loaded ass Saturday. It was just one of those things, man. Oh, yeah. We warned you all about this. That's why Eddie and I picked mm-hmm. so many games. That's why we are here doing a post game show as well. Uh, let's see, let's just make sure I didn't miss anything else here. Oh, Utah bludgeoned Oregon State. Uh, so they've, yeah. they've bounced back. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I think I got everything. Michigan uh, almost had a scare against uh, Illinois when they gave up 25 unanswered points, but ended up pulling away 42 to 25. Yep. Uh, Memphis falls to Temple in a game I was shocked that there were this many points scored, 30 to 28. Uh, Everyone is sleeping on Temple. I had that shit picked. See, I, I went for the under because I'm like, oh, Memphis ain't going to score as much. And lo and behold, Temple did. That's the thing. Benefited yeah. by turnovers, but Temple absolutely did. The assumption is that Temple is a good defense, therefore they're not going to get scored on a loss. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but the thing is Temple's offense is good. So, I don't know. We'll see. Right. Okay. So, uh, with all that being said, we're going to take a quick break here, and we will be sure to get all the coverage of Notre Dame and USC. Okay, so it is time to get to the Notre Dame Southern Cal recap, which is brought to you by the Bush Push podcast. Yes, uh, this is from soundstage.com. That is soundstage with a D at the end. Uh, You can head over there. Uh, You can also find the podcast wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, So search for the Bush Bush Push. Uh, Yes, I am actually subscribed to it. I actually posted a screenshot on my phone showing it. Uh, What it is is a almost 30 for 30 style, but just full dramatization look of the moments leading up to the Bush Push game. And eventually we will get to the terrible moment of the Bush Push. Uh, But thus far, after one episode, I'm digging it. It's bringing back a lot of good memories. Uh, The good ones, at least for now. The bad ones haven't hit yet. Uh, of the time there, uh, Weiss coming in and all the hype surrounding that game and working the sidelines, I can tell you that is the loudest I have ever heard that crowd ever in Notre Dame Stadium history. So make sure you head over to whatever podcast medium you use, search for The Bush Push and subscribe today, or head over to soundstaged.com, check out the full cast uh, that is doing this, and that includes our good friend Jamie Reedy. While you're over there, you'll find out he also has a sports your podcast as well, which I would also highly recommend. Well, that said, now that we got the ad stuff out of the way, I still can't believe that that is a legitimate ad that we've yep. these last couple of episodes. <laughs> this is where we are as a company. <laughs> oh, God. We can talk about some other things about that don't need to be aired. Uh, but anyway, 30 to 27 yeah. is your final. Way too close for comfort. But a win is a win. Three years in a row against SC. This is the first time it's happened since the old millennium. That era, 99 to, I think it was, uh, if I'm doing my math right, 2001 was the last time it happened when SC was just atrociously bad. Doo-doo butt. Yep. Because that would be during the Davy era. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so it's... 
Yeah, it was it was closer than everyone wanted it to be, of course. And yet, did, was there ever like that overwhelming, holy shit, this is going wrong. This could be a loss feeling for anyone because I never got there. I think I mean, after we had the big drive at the, the fourth quarter, I was like, OK, right. I'm unclenching right now because up to that, I was like, OK, we're, we're kind of fucking around on offense right now. I don't like where this is going. Yeah. And now SC's building momentum. That's the way you end up getting upset. Yeah, as a heavy favorite, but once it got to that, and SC was just taking way too long to score, and we'll we'll get more into Lee's defensive strategy because I really want to talk about what he did there, especially in relation to our sim. Um, I I wasn't overly because I'm like, okay, they're going to score. There's not going to be a whole lot of time left. They're going once they started burning timeouts too, especially. It's like, all right, this is going to come down to an onside kick. And so already the percentages are extremely low. Look, I know crazy stuff happens. So I was still worried down to the moment where that was that onside kick was recovered. But uh, overall, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame, they almost led the whole way in this one. They had a rough first quarter, got their shit together and they coasted maybe a little too much, but they did coast kind of the rest of the way. Yeah, it was just like a reassuring feeling watching this defense be on the field. Like something about it, like even when they went down three nothing and the first quarter was completely a complete ineptitude in the whole first quarter, that it just felt like eventually the offense will like appear. It will just kind of they'll they'll put together a good combination enough to score, right? And then at that point, once Notre Dame became the seven, you know, took the seven three lead, it just felt like the defense existed too well for things to really be doubted. I never really cared about like, you know, them covering the spread. I never really thought of that as a thing because to me, it's like when it play, when it comes to playing teams like Stanford, USC and Michigan, the bottom line is focus on one or more points than the other person. That's it. That's all I care about. I really don't give a shit if it's fancy or if it's hideous, but because the only problem that was consistently appearing was just being booked in the, in the offense's uh, consistency. I never really felt like, Oh shit the rug was about to be pulled out from underneath us because the defense is going to fuck us up and give up a huge play. That really never felt like a problem. It always just felt like they were going to manage enough, especially killing them with their time and making drives take 9, 12, 13 plays, that they were going to give the offense enough opportunities to maintain their lead. So once it, and so once it got to three, 3 minutes and 33 seconds and it was a 10-point lead, of sure, it was obvious we were all kind of like, okay, there's, it's highly unlikely they're going to win. But I just never felt the anxiety that I normally feel in these kinds of games. Yeah, and and really the big, as far as the offense goes, the big story of this one was the rushing attack. And like you said, Shane, it was they were building drives that were taking a lot of time because they were running the ball so incredibly well uh, to the tune of 308 total rushing yards with Tony Jones Jr. leading the way with 25 carries, 176 yards. The dude was running piss, and he did the same thing last year against Southern Cal. Bad. He was the Bad. difference maker. He was just running fools over, and on the other side, Steph was doing the same thing to Notre Dame, um, mm-hmm. and this is how much I don't remember or follow recruiting enough. Didn't realize he was once committed to Notre Dame. Kind of hope he would come transfer yep. over, because that guy, he was Oof. determined. To, I hadn't seen him all season, and man, he was determined to make a statement. Yeah, and he he got his own bush push moment where one of his offensive linemen basically picked his ass up and tossed yeah. him in the end zone. So. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. What is it about? What is it about? Uh, you know, fourth quarter red zone appearances by the Trojans in the you know at Notre Dame Stadium that this requires a fucking push in, into the end zone. What's that about? Yeah, especially when he was stopped behind the line two yards deep this time around. You, somebody go for the legs for the love of yeah, God. Man, you please. have to wrap up low too. Uh, but I mean, that's also a part of everybody's going for the football. I understand it. I know how it happens. It's so frustrating as all hell. But let's let's talk about that red zone situation. We'll have it spiral into something else because there was a second down that happened and then didn't happen because of some I, whistle on the field. I okay. I I'm not I'm not one of those kinds of people that's big on conspiracy theories, like genuinely, because it's it, it requires so much more effort than you really think, especially when it comes to a game of football. Right. As well. But man, there was something about the referee the on the field refereeing crew, the Pac-12 reps, where when things were slightly going just a little more askew than they thought, like maybe that's Notre Dame's pacing. Maybe it's a result on second or third down. They would specifically intervene right when it was the worst possible time 
the kind that would be the most easily speculated against as being conspiratorial, that's always when they intervened. And this particular time, it's like, okay, what? Like, no one, no one ever has ever claimed there was no play. Y'all fucking, I'm sorry. The we, only we person that agrees with this is David Shaw, who's like, I told you there was a phantom whistle. Yeah, phantom whistle thing. They always pull that shit out right when it's perfectly convenient to be like, oh, well, huh? Be a shame if they had to do something on fourth down. No, we'll just, we'll just tell them there's no play. No play. It's second down. And I, and I genuinely feel like the play call was changed by that. Yeah, and, and that's what I would wonder if they, if they would have run it or tried to pass it. Look, I mean, they're on the doorstep of the end zone. They're probably going to score. That's where the percentages are. Uh, but I, I use that as a jumping off point to, you know, a larger topic about the rest of Joe because they were shitty across the board. I mean, they made a bad call, the, the roughing the passer on SC. Oh, I, dude. I don't even, that was a makeup for the face mask no call. Which yeah, was maybe. also weird because the the rule now is is if you hold on to that sucker and tackle in any way, you don't have to yank, pull. Oh, that's a face mask. Yeah, it's it's because they got rid of that five yard delineation. So that was weird. There was a whole lot of weirdness with the uh, pry looked like he got away with the defensive pass interference, and then there was some yeah, other weird he no calls. They hugged the, the receiver. It was they were atrocious, like yeah, across the board atrocious, even down to the point where Clay Helton is losing his damn mind on the sideline after the onside kick because BK is a few yards into the field He's of play. He's fucking Manning on the field. Which was, he was literally like third, like third DB on the field. Which, how is nobody pulling him back for one? Number two, why is he out in the field? You can't do that. Like, does, does Brian Kelly have a fullback, man? I've noticed a lot of coaches have a specific, I'm going to grab you by the belt, dude. I've never, ever seen BK have that kind of guy. Not one assigned, clearly needs it. Yeah, not one assigned to him because he's not Venables where he's so ridiculous where he basically has to be on a leash to be pulled back in the sideline. I mean, the whole thing was weird because he usually doesn't run out into the field of play at all. Like no, ever, yeah. even when he's yeah. bitching at a referee, he's staying on oh. the sideline. So he that just, was crazy. He just clearly and, and articulately curses at people while on the sideline and the camera's locked in on his face. Right. And I do <laughs> want to give credit for, for BK on this because he saw that the ball and you could read his lips and Flutie actually picked up on it. Surprising. He gave intelligent color commentary. Said the ball's pointed the other direction, but the kicker is acting like he's kicking it the other way that's that's not going to happen let's call timeout and he told yep. polian the ball's pointing the other direction be ready and then bk yep. still saw something he didn't like and was waving him over it's like no 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 like get get your yeah, ass over here approach in come in yeah. yeah and and the best part was helton losing his mind i really hope there's sc fans that are mad about it helton is fucked i'm sorry i i, I, I it's funny to see him lose it but i can also kind of understand in that moment being willing to lose it because it's like if i don't fucking do something now i know i'm fucking fired anyway so i might as well go out there and say some words like i'm i might as well you know give him a piece of my mind which by the way tell me does clayton not have that expression of like i just so like he always has a very, an incredibly embarrassed look on his face all the time. Does he not? <laughs> well, when you get pants over and over again by the teams you play, mm -hmm. I would be embarrassed as well. That's none of my business. Yeah. So <laughs> very well timed white cloth slip, sir. Uh, <laughs> sip rather. I'm I'm tired. I haven't had enough of these to be quite honest. But uh, anyway, yeah. The the whole refing situation was weird. Holding was optional for both teams. I mean, Notre Dame got away with a handful of holds as well. So yep. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there was just and, and look when you let an offensive line get away with it, they're just gonna full out tackle people on both yeah. ends. Uh, yep. The clipping call was super weird. Total bullshit. <laughs> it's like yeah, I, total I, bullshit. I fell down and didn't even yeah. hit the guy. Like I was, I was following the guy. I was trying to block him. He he ran a little faster than me, and I fell, <laughs> and then he tripped. I'm sorry, yeah. but uh, the whole thing was weird. But I, I really hope SC fans blame this on the refs. I, I would love nothing more. I, you know what? I, I I hope so. If only because the refs definitely called them UCLA, and no one let it go. Oh God, that okay. Nobody <laughs> let it go. <laughs> oh, let's just go ahead and jump off the student section. I was going to say, SC fans can feel like we did after the Bush push when all yeah. the coaches are out in the middle of the field calling timeouts they don't have, and then the illegal push, which now is totally legal. Yeah, uh, so everything that's happening in that Bush push podcast that pissed us off, I, yeah. I really hope you know how we feel now. Sucks, yeah. doesn't it? 
Doesn't it Fuck taste you. like balls? <laughs> it just tastes like sweaty, horrible balls in your face. All right, but, in your face. Yeah, let's talk about the crowd, though. Staying Yo. on their ass by chanting UCLA continuously. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Sam, Samantha, Sam Rose Watson, a friend of ours on Twitter, she was at the game and she was constantly updating me and her consensus opinion, which, mind you, is usually not that forgiving. She was flat out like they fucking showed up and that, that the UCLA chants basically never stopped. Anytime the original ref who made the mistake said a single word, the entire stadium lit up with UCLA. <laughs> and they they were going at it with the the Trojan band was on the field. They they were giving them hell. I mean, yep. during halftime, and they didn't let up. And, and Eddie and I said this in our picks podcast: when you get a Notre Dame crowd liquored up for a rivalry matchup, whether it's Southern Cal, whether it's Michigan. When you get that much hate and that much booze inside the stadium at night, glorious things are going to happen, especially with the weather being a little on the uh, side of cold. It wasn't as cold as we were all hoping for, but it the crowd brought it. They were loud. They had a lull when, you know, SC was actually, you know, getting some momentum back, but they were back in it all the way to the end and then singing goodbye, especially when Helton was bitching was oh, That was beautiful. So the crowd got slightly out of it during the actual storm, you know, the, the, I guess the, the comeback by USC. But much as requested by the Notre Dame band at the start of the fourth quarter, right? When, the, when they cut the lights and they hit the fucking the, the flashlights on the, on the phones and they did the 18 fucking 12 overture with the lights on the phone and it looked awesome. Awesome. It legitimately looked good. And, and it's very rare when Twitter has a consensus that it's like, wow, they actually pulled it. I'm shocked. It was good. Yeah. There, was good. And there, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't going to be a full green out. We all knew that, but there was, a, terrible the, that shit. there was a legitimate effort, despite what the weather pulled down. And I could see in some of the shots in the crowd, there were definitely a lot of brand new Kelly Green bought shit. Yeah. from the bookstore so people were like legitimately trying to get up for this stuff man it was i liked it i liked it a lot i, I wish crowd, why can the crowd not be like this when you have like a georgia coming in instead of selling well, all your goddamn you need, tickets but you need these routines to start somewhere right they've established that this is a new thing that will ha definitely get them hyped going into fourth quarter so this will so this is something that will help but let's just let's treat it as a starting point as opposed to a where has this been or where has this not been no this is it, it'll be it'll get better yeah, and, and like Eddie, Eddie said it here in chat, said it in Twitter, if you're going to steal something from somebody else, at least do it good. Do it well. Like, look, the shipping up to Boston thing that we do at kickoff, we yank that straight from BC, which yeah. is, is glorious on a whole other level, to be honest with you. Yeah, because fuck you guys. But melding it with the, the Here Come the Irish, because that song on its own is corny as hell, but when you meld those two together and you put it next to the Jumbotron hype and... Everybody goes bananas. The first time I heard that, I was floored with how good it was. So I'm like, are we really going to do this BC bullshit? But no, it, if you pull it off well, it's going to yeah, work. It works. And, and it fucking works. Here's a dirty little secret, because I've been to enough SEC games now. Everybody has got similar songs, similar cheers, similar yep. chant. Like, I yep. think every single SEC team has, a, it's great to be a whatever the heck you are. Because the first Auburn game I went be. to, it's like, it's great to be an Auburn Tiger. And I've heard that from, like, Georgia fans. I've heard it from Florida fans. It's like, what the? Yeah. All That's of you have the same stuff. Either. And I would hear bands. I'm like, wait, I've heard that song played by y'all just stealing each other's shit, aren't you? But I mean, everybody's into it, so it works. And so that was really cool. Crowd brought it. Uh, let's talk. Let's shift over to the defense, because... Boy, was oh. I getting some sim vibes that was freaking me the fuck out for the entire game. Because I, Where are you now? Yeah, because three down linemen for damn near the entire game. We just thought it was okay. the sim on drugs. I thought I was drunk, too. I was like, okay, whoa. I, my bigger thing is, how the fuck did the sim know to adjust? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So like, weird. How the fuck? Because, like. <laughs> You, you would think an actual living human coach with a brain is like, okay, they're going to run air raid. We need to drop at least fucking seven on average. So, okay, let's just put a, drop, a three down lineman and see how it goes. But the sim is like, who cares? You know, we run a three, four or whatever the fuck base you want, or four, three base. Like, 
it's amazing to me that the game knew to figure that out. <laughs> it's really crazy. I'm like, how are we yeah. doing this? Uh, but it obviously was set up a little different than the sim was because the idea was we're going to have three down linemen. And instead yeah. of adding the extra DB we're adding is Kyle Hamilton. And he's going to be, they were playing three safeties yards over the top for the majority yeah. of the game, which, yeah. oh my gosh, when Hamilton gets a running start on somebody, he doesn't hit somebody light no. ever. He's a, that's why I call him Kyle Hamilton. It's just, it, it is what it is. He just, he hits hard. Yeah, it was, I mean, you know, Benny in the chat saying he's a monster. He is absolutely a monster. I was sad he didn't get himself a pick six in this one. Because uh, dude was flying all over the field. He introduced himself to Slovis, which is going to be a matchup. We will see more than once because I think it's clear who SC's quarterback is going to be for the foreseeable future. Um, right. But, I mean, it was a, it was a game plan to where um, it, it was almost like they, they, they saw what happened last year against SC. It's like, okay, they're going to do this air raid thing. They're going to get yards. Let's just concede it. And let's con yeah. let's do what other teams have done to us. Cool. You want to dink and dunk down the field? That's fine because well, you're you're going to run out of room, and eventually you're going to have to figure something out once you start running out of field to play with. So they did that. They're like, let's just don't get beat deep. And the crazy part about it was, for the majority of the game, even with that three down lineman look, until they realized Step had something extra. In Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> the run the run game could not get going on a three man front. And Flutie's like, well, you just need to run the ball. And I'm laughing, I'm sitting here laughing. It's like, it's because they can't fucking do it. Keep trying, <laughs> bitch. You can't do it. <laughs> and then Steph came in. I'm like, oh, please put a fourth down lineman in there. And they did. Um, hey, yeah. yeah. We should probably put five, or man, five minutes. And, and if you notice, that that was the moment in the second half where there became an oh shit moment with the defense. Because like, well, now he's a problem. Let's bring yeah. more people in the box. And then all of a sudden... Now things get opened up. You have more man coverage. You don't have as much safety help because Vaughn's was a non-factor for the majority of the game. I know some people nope. were dogging pride. I'm like, look, and here's the thing that sucks about DB. I was dogging pride. I'm sorry. Here's the thing, though, with DB, Shane. You, you, you get to see what happens when they're actually thrown to. You don't get, they don't get credit for all the times they get ignored because they're like, sure. nope, covered, nope, covered, nope, covered. And that was Vaughn's sure. for the majority of the game. Like, look, pride had, you know, he didn't have a perfect game obviously and and look our cornerback depth in general missing a couple of years ago in the recruiting class is clearly having issues now i think that's sure. been obvious for the past couple of years as well but um i mean the defensive game plan dude clark lee just dude's fucking genius i i i really there's there's a couple games where i felt the 30 point thing was in danger and we're now past him it was georgia and it was stanford for two yeah. different reasons i'm like we're going to get gashed by Georgia didn't happen. I'm like, SC's just going to get loose a couple times, get lucky, and put up 30 by freaking accident. We're going to have to score yeah. 35 to win this one. But I figured we were going to put up 40 some odd on their shitty defense anyway. But they they brought it themselves too. Vendergas had a good defensive plan as well. Uh, yeah. Now tell now tell me who of the following teams do you think is going to score 30? Michigan. Not a <laughs> chance in hell. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean that one. Um, Virginia Tech. Mm. Duke, Navy. Oh wait, Boston College. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Just in case, your final option, Stanford. No. no, no. I mean, it's not. It's not outside their own possibility that they may not hit thirty all fucking year. <laughs> it's insane. That's amazing. And, and Jay Tran pointed out in chat, we're in twenty consecutive games, and we played Clemson. Yeah. We played high power. We played an SC offense as well that tried this shit out on us and put up points. But Notre Dame always manages to, the defense. Like I've said, it's national championship caliber. The I, offense just needs a match. That, I know there are a lot of really good offense uh, assistant uh, coaches on top three teams, top five teams. But I'm sorry, dude. Like this fucking Broyles Award has got to be least to, to win. Like I, I cannot see anyone else deserving it for just in terms of the perspective of his career it's his second fucking year linebackers coach and he, he never was a defensive coordinator and, and really the i mean look it didn't move the needle but the the general thought was when he was hired and i even remember i said it when he was hired it's like look it isn't a big flashy hire but you've already invested in this rover style 
extra safety defense. You need somebody that knows the defense to keep it going. Otherwise, you're screwed for years down the road. You have no choice but to hire Clark Lee. Look, but it was made to seem like like Clark Lee was part of the Mike Elko package. Remember, he was. Oh, he's coming. He with had Mike. to come with Elko. May, it may have been the fucking reverse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like just looking at the evidence now, like it may be that Elko was buoyed by the fact that he kept Clark Lee with him. I mean, I mean, look, look what happened has happened with Texas A&M through this season. I'm saying words. <laughs> and look, the the Aggies have more speed than what Notre Dame typically has on their defense. And, and I mm-hmm. mean, they're they're not anywhere close to in the same ballpark. Some of these teams, but neither is Notre Dame. Notre Dame's really not in the same ballpark in Clemson. Yet they still held it together with their best DB going down. I mean, they're doing enough to get, allow this team to win football games. And yeah. Jameer jo- uh, oh, Jones, yeah. just good grief. That guy was going to be red-shirted. And he's in here sacking people on a three-man rush. He's his, I want to call him JJ. Who? <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely incredible to watch it at, at Notre Dame. Yeah, it was outstanding. It's an outstanding fit. I mean, it's it's obviously not because you want the it's not because of the circumstances you want losing Dalen Hayes and forcing to burn the red shirt. But I mean, when you have this 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 I guess this gem that was just sitting on your bench, like oh shit, he's he's kind of kicking ass. Well, you roll that's with some it. some Alabama shit, yo. That's that's what they yeah. do. And the, the depth is there at least up on the line. Now it just seems to get sprinkled around a few other missing locations, like the defensive backfield. Uh, safeties look good. Mm-hmm. Now it's uh, now need some cornerbacks in there, uh, and and get the offense a little bit healthier, especially in the in the backfield as well, because Jafar Armstrong was a non-factor in this game. Yeah, what was that uh, about? He, he was he, back he now. whiffed a. I, I saw on Twitter that he was in, and it's hard to tell the difference between eight and six on, on the screen. Yeah, it's right. almost impossible. impossible. Um, but he he whiffed on a blitz block and then barely got any time. He did get one carry uh, for a loss of four. They tried to set up a screen to him to get him the ball, uh, but that was one where um, Book just got rid of it and almost turned into a disaster because an SC defender popped it up in the air. Um, So, yeah, it was, I mean, mean, just absolutely insane. They were like, oh, we're finally going to get a weapon back. And it's like, "Ah, actually, you sell the bench. We don't want you getting hurt anymore. You're fine. So. Tony Jones, how many how many yards? One seventy. Yeah, one seventy six for for Tony Jones, and we were all like, "Well, once we get Armstrong back, well, uh, Jones is like, hey, I, I'm still here, guys." And yep. and I mean, he's been doing this for the past couple of games. I mean, three so straight over hundred yards. He's doing a damn good job right now. Um, and and so I'm scrolling down the box score as well. Uh, special teams had an interesting Yo. adventure. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the adventure, then we'll talk about the awesome. Michael Young, okay. dude, you had. I do. And, and you want to talk about us having to pucker in the second half? You don't fumble the football. You take it to the house. It's over. It's oh, laugher time, man. I, it's, it's amazing to see exactly what happened when they showed the replay. It's, it's not that he got excited and turned the corner. It's that when he saw that the lane was open and that it was all but clear, clear air. He was running, and, you know, he was moving his hands in, in a typical fashion, and he turned to look over his shoulder for a split second. When he did that, his hand came up and hit the ball out of his own hand. Like, it was just like, dude, like, you just eyes forward. You already have the lane. They're behind you. If they catch you, whatever, just keep the ball tight and go. But he had to check for one second, and then in that second, he hit his he hit his own hand with his other. Yeah, it just it happened, and you even see when they when they recovered it. I don't know who was right next to him on top of him. You can see that he was trying to calm him down. I think it was his, Brock Wright. Like, like, Brock, dude, I, it's okay, it's fine. Look. Got on his knees, it's like, dude, <laughs> I need you right here, buddy. <laughs> you still you gotta go back on offense at some point. Right, calm the fuck down right yeah. now. It's okay. This isn't the end of the world. We didn't lose the football. Oh God, if that had been turned over. Oh, oh dear God! Oh, don't even. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I absolutely. To think. That was the the madness. Yeah, so that was the craziness. Now let's think back in the off season where we were all Notre Dame's offense is going to be the, the the most incredible explosive offense that Brian Kelly ever had. But man, special teams going to lose us the game. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Dora has something to say about that. 
Because the sim called something yeah, else. Because in the sim, he drilled a 50-yard field goal, and it would have been good from 60-plus. He drilled a 52-yarder, mm-hmm. which also would have been good from 60-plus, into the wind. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. So, yeah, he, he, he's, he has come, though, I think, just... He's been the, the, the most staunch like flip on its head in terms of one season to the next. The expectations of a player versus the, what they delivered. Do you remember? I mean, his his freshman season, how bad his kickoffs were. Like just how consistently bad. And then they went out of bounds at the 30, 20 yard line. I mean, we used to just oh yeah, doors in, but oh Yoon's still there, so we're okay. And now that he's not, now that he's gone, everyone's like oh ha, doors still here. Well, I mean. Here's hoping, and we're all you know doing the crucifix and, and before every game and shit. But now, dude, the dude didn't no. miss. Dead center, dead center every time. It, it was incredible. He he made a and he had another one that was forty plus. I mean, he if he does not, and these are clutch kicks, especially when you take a look at the final score. This is a three point game, folks. He misses one of those. You want to talk about puckering up? You want to talk about coughing up good field position? When you're kicking those yeah. deep field goals, I'm gonna guess he got the game ball. I would hope so. Like, look, uh, the I'm last drive. I mean, book, you know, brought it mostly with his feet. He did have one very clutch third down pass on that drive, but Door, I mean, mm-hmm. kept the team into the game and was one of the major reasons why Notre Dame won it. And, and it really shouldn't be discounted at all. And special teams has been one of the the highlights for the majority of the season. It has been really good. There's been, you know, instance of a hiccup here and there, but for the most part, it's consistent. And I know we have um, a question in chat. Why are, why do we have starters in general? I mean, specifically pointing out Chase Claypool and Cole Komet. There's two reasons. One, Kelly, yeah. when uh, early on, or rather, I think it was like midway, I think that after the first special teams firing, it's like, we're going to put starters on special teams because this isn't something yeah. that I'm going to fuck around with anymore, to paraphrase. Because he wanted to make sure that he was he was dead on. He was getting the best performance. And then also, because of that culture, like Chase Claypool legitimately wants to be on special team. He wants to drill yeah, a dude tackle. through the face. Yeah, Komet was in there on some tackles. Claypool loves fucking hitting. That's, that, he just loves that shit. But yeah, that was specifically, they, they, they really in, emphasized it this week. They were like, we're going to bring every fucking body in as a, as a starter on special teams because we don't want to risk anything. We don't want any any doubt, any question. We want our top speed skill guys to ensure that nothing breaks because that's what USC does every fucking time. And, and, and look, Georgia, I mean, part of the reason why Notre Dame was in on that was because they heard Claypool's footsteps and the dude coughed up a punt. So mm-hmm. it's 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 become an identity of this team. And I understand the fear of you don't want to get your best guys hurt on special teams. I get it. Sure. But it's it's something that's working. And Eddie uh, posted in chat, Door did get the game ball. That tweet from Brian Kelly was yep. game ball, and it was Door. So really cool, extremely deserved. Uh, it, I put on, it's yeah. like he's the MVP, just like we all assumed in the offseason. He would be the MVP of the Southern Cal game. So, I mean, dude, hat tip off to him. You know, Bramblett is still doing a great job in the punting game. And look, SC is a dangerous return team. And and Dora did a good job kicking it short when he needed to, kicking the ball the hell out of the end zone when he needed it to. SC could not make that game-breaking return to hurt Notre Dame nope. throughout the entire time. Yeah. And the question in the chat is, don't, don't we have somebody who can lay wood? Yeah. Chase Claypool. Yeah. Chase Claypool. <laughs> Kyle Hamilton. He's also on special teams. I saw yeah, him running around. Sure, like man. I said, it's just... Jeremiah Osakoa Fucking, like, everyone can lay the... Like, Osmar Bilal, who proved this today, that that motherfucker is not to be fucked with. Like, he... He was everywhere on defense today. And every time he made a tackle, he sat there in their face and just watched them get up. You know, he, he, he wanted to specifically send a message. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's a culture thing at this point now. It's, it's really what it is. It's, it's an absolute culture thing at this point. Uh, people are wanting to be on special teams, and it's, it's a matter of pride, which is an interesting thing. I hope to God it never backfires because there was a scary moment where Claypool and Komet did collide with each other, and I held my breath for a while. Also held my breath when Ian Book got up and grimaced. I'm like, oh, dear God, don't, please don't. And then all of a sudden he's running up the field, saving a drive on a third and long 
with his legs. Uh, but let's go ahead. We haven't had, uh, we've gone through a long, long portion of this recap. Haven't yet to talk about Ian Book in detail. So his stat line, not exactly much to write home about. Seven, uh, 17, excuse me, for 32, 165 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, but it was another inconsistent performance. I mean, didn't make huge mistakes. Thought we were off to a great start because starts off the game throwing the ball downfield to Claypool on a back shoulder fade, which yeah. was perfect. Claypool gets him like, all right, here we go. And then that drive stalls. And then all of a sudden it's like, it just went to hell after that. And there was always these flashes that book was there. He stayed in the pocket a lot better. So happy feet book seems to be mostly gone. I'm not saying it's completely gone yet, but slightly inaccurate book still seems to be a thing. Yeah, I mean, slightly inaccurate book. It's not just that. It just feels like, but I don't know what what it is. It, the the it's the play calling now. It, whereas before, it felt like okay, book was just oh shit, two seconds must throw. Now it's like the plays that are being called don't even give him time to be that problematic. It's like instant snap, read, release, play calling. The stupid fucking screen, which needs to be removed from the playbook for the love of Christ, like the short passes, the dump offs underneath, uh, getting the wide receiver out of the backfield still works on occasion, but it works now more effectively with somebody like Lindsay. Clearly, it's just like all those short release things were highly favored in the first two to three drives. And Ian Book just can't put that together. So it just feels like the offense becomes one-dimensional. Oh, of course they're going to run the fucking ball. Stack the box. Oh, there it goes. Third down, fourth down. No problem. They got a punt. But this time, Book was a little more patient. It's just that the calls the, the calls selected didn't give him an opportunity to, to really display shit. Yeah, and, and there was one case on, on some of those uh, like slow-developing plays because they really shouldn't be slow-developing. Like the, the one that stands out to me was a, a look route to Fink where the idea is, okay, mm -hmm. There's there's two things here. First, I think that's a pre-snap call by Book. Like he, it's an RPO in a different fashion. He can he can do a read option play, or he could say, "Okay, Fink's got room. I'm just going to throw it to him." And then the SE player blows it up. There's a couple things there. One, and really the biggest one, if you're going to do that, it would help to have blockers around there. There was he was yeah, on an island by himself. Two, if you're going to do it, you need to gun it there immediately. You can't sit there. I mean, it's like it's in his head. I got to make sure I give him a good pass, take time, sit and throw it. Obviously, I'm exaggerating how slow it went out, but it give, he needs to throw it quicker. And that's what he was doing when that shit actually worked. He was firing that out immediately, just immediately getting the ball gunned. He's taking his time yeah. a little bit more now because I think he's kind of in his own head. And you can't do that against a team like SC. So that was probably yep. a, that was a combination of a bad pre-snap read as well as uh, you got to gun it there. If you're going to do it, you got to gun it because your dude's on an island. And maybe let's try that with somebody else besides Fink right now, because I think he's also in his own head right now. How about Brandon Lindsay? Yeah. Huh? Uh, huh? Huh? Dude, my. Holy shit. That yeah, my buddy, uh, uh, Zyler, who's appeared here in the chat a few different times, he's been stumping for him hard. And he does this. I, I said, it's like, dude, death taxes and you stumping for a dude on the bench. It's like number 25. Yeah, of all it's, dudes, it's like, look, right? he's, he's going to get there and he's fast. But oh, my dear God, because I'm like, look, you get out there. Book's not going to throw him the ball. Like, that's my concern right now. And then all of a sudden we call a, yeah. a, a play call that has to go to him. And dear God, it looks like huh, maybe. Yeah, I'll try to throw to that guy a little bit more now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they fucking they he. It's that little, that little, the, 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 the I guess you call it the sweep, right? Just the, just that little toss play. Lindsay catches the ball and he just goes. <laughs> just fucking they actually gone. gave him credit I, for I, a rush on that one. That was a 51 yard rush. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to him getting better hands overall so that the coaching staff trusts him more. But God. Yeah. Damn, his his route running lacks a lot to be desired. And, and he had like a little hitch route that the throw. I'm like, why are we doing that? To no. No, 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 no. Yeah. Do not make him do that. That's not his game right now. He needs to develop that. It ain't there yet. Uh, but it was good to see him uh, uh, be in there. Uh, Cole Komet uh, was uh, apparently MIA for the first part of the game, and then Book remembered he had him, and then becomes the leading yeah. receiver. And touchdown. Yeah. Oh, immediately. Uh, <laughs> Tremble had a rough game. 
really Yikes. rough game. A couple drops. drops. There was one where I, I blamed him drop. for one that was actually good SC defensive play. Uh, but it, it's not good when my first reaction is, hey, you definitely dropped it, dude, until the replay. <laughs> yeah. So yep. uh, there's there's really a few moments where you know, some of the Notre Dame players look nervous as hell. I, they really did. And I, I think even Lindsey on some of the after when he was getting more snaps and getting more play time, he looked uncomfortable and stuff he was doing as well. Book didn't look completely comfortable. Fink looked comfortable about half the time, so it wasn't just the young guys as well. It's he's rotational or something this year. He's not. He he he, he needs something about him. Is he's not a feature wide receiver at this? Which point. he he never was. That was never his game to begin with. He was the no, slot receiver. He definitely with the changeup. He provided the changeup because we had nothing but six two six three six and, four and, receivers. And the thing with him had always been is that he was what Komet is now and what tight ends kind of contend to be the 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 security blanket for a quarterback. That was Fink. And he 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 was yep. that for Wimbush. He was also that for Book as well. Is that he had sure hands, and you were looking for him on those tough catches because he wasn't afraid to go over the middle. He was going to bring it in, and it, it, it's like hit or miss right now with him. Uh, that's really what it is. And it, it was better today, but there was still a couple times uh, he had one to where it was a a tough throw, but it was early in the game and it was a little underthrown. But that was where Old Fink would scoop it up. He would bail his quarterback out, and and that's how he he gains that trust for somebody is because he makes those ridiculous catches. But I mean, overall, book. I mean, he did better, but there's man, there's I, oh a lot yeah, to be desired. A lot my to friend. be desired. He he's got some more stuff to. Uh, hopefully, the bye week he can maybe just relax and work things out because he's going to be going on the road. The big house isn't the toughest environment in the road, but weird shit happens in Notre Dame there, and. I can't wait, man. I just, uh, it's going to be good. I think it's going to be real good, especially if they, I feel like now that they've seen Lindsay in action, they can work him in. And I'm sorry, but Michigan's defense may be good up front. They're not fast. They're not that good up front either. <laughs> I mean, that if, if they have a scenario of, uh, uh, that they're stronger, it's the, it's the actual, the, the, the line. But I mean, <laughs> they're not going to catch Lindsay with that kind of shit. So I think it's going to be a fun. There's very day. few people that are, are going to catch Lindsay period. Uh, but yeah, yep. overall, I mean, I mean, bottom line, it was it was fun because it's always fun to beat SC no matter where it is. Win. You got to get matter. the win. Five you, and you, one. You can't keep moving on. You can't keep dreaming big dreams unless you win the damn games in front of you. And you sure as hell yeah. don't want SC holding a we knocked a top 10 Notre Dame off at home. No fucking shot. Nope. You, you absolutely do not want that. You don't want Michigan to do it either. Win by any means necessary. Even if you have Clay Helton screaming about BK jumping up and down in the field during an onside kick, whatever, dude. I don't give a fuck. Get them you, all fired. You, Get them all fired. Let's take do your this. L. Well, Harbaugh, I don't know if he can be fired. Like legitimately. Forever. Who cares? <laughs> Keep going. Beat him again next time. Who cares? Uh, but it was, I. This team. I mean, these are the Virginia game and this game are are games that some other Notre Dame teams that we've watched before would lose. The wheels would come off yep. regardless of how talented they were, regardless of the, the number by their name, the, as far as the yep. ranking, they would end up coughing these up. Inex they should the bet inexplicable in games. So yep. that in the past, this, this kind of, would be the game where Michael Young dropped that punt return and it was uh, and it was scooped up and, and taken back for six immediately. And, and you know, it, that it's the kind of situation where you would, the worst would happen. Not just the threat. Yeah, because somebody wasn't paying attention because you got somebody like celebrating instead of, you know, focusing on the play. Mm -hmm. That was BK's, you know, pregame speech. Like, you have to focus every play because that's how you lose is if you don't. And that's really what it came yep. down to was making sure that right. in key moments, there was a couple times where the pendulum could have swung very far in SC's direction and everything would have been an absolute disaster. So, uh, really, really fun to, to, to watch this team. Uh, Play week in, week out. It's going to be nice to have a little bit of a bye week as well to to take yes, everything in. It's going to be great, um, especially since we we may just have a bit of a chaos here going on because some weird shits starting up right now. It might be blood week next week, and that would be awesome. especially since we get to watch <laughs> it happen. Yep. So yeah, uh, anything else in particular you got on this one, Shane? I think we've covered just about all we can in this. Yeah, one. man, win in advance, win in fucking advance. Keep Absolutely. going. Absolutely. Well, everybody, I want to thank everyone 
that joined us live over here on twitch.tv slash songs. Of course, you can also subscribe to us on the podcast over on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you happen to have your podcast at. You can also join us on Discord. That is our live chat channel, herloyalsons.com slash Discord. Of course, we are always at our home at herloyalsons.com. We'll be back for picks on Wednesday, but until next time, folks, go Irish, enjoy your hamburgers. Fuck Michigan. Have a good one.